Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, and guess what? It's O-line day. The glorious position, the glamour position, the position everybody wants to play when they're a little kid, the featured position. In all sincerity, though, Arguably the second most important position in the sport. We're talking offensive line. You know my deal. Played seven years in the NFL as an offensive lineman. Seems like a long time ago, by the way. 15 years ago, I retired. That is wild. That makes me feel old. I'm only 44, but that's the deal. Um, You can check me out on social media. I appreciate those of you that do. At Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I know you're on one of them, dude. I know you are. Please follow me on that one. At Ross Tucker NFL. You can also follow Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook now. And we've got all kinds of awesome clips. The best of the best from these shows that our producer Jack cuts up. Love the IG reels. Love the reels he posts to Facebook. Love the TikToks. It's fantastic. Almost as fantastic as Emery Hunt. And honestly, Emery is the guy that's featured in a lot of those clips. At F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan on YouTube. Emery was a YouTuber before it was popular to be a YouTuber. I mean, he's like, he's like one of the OG YouTubers. Football game plan on YouTube. I've been at a coaching convention with Emery. He's like a rock star there. Like college coaches come up to him and they're like, I watch your videos, man. Hey, what's up, man? I watch your videos. I watch your videos. You want to learn more about the sport of football? It's football game plan on YouTube. You want to learn more about the prospects for this year's draft? It's footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide so you know we've already done quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and tight ends we're going to do offensive line today then we're going to hustle on the defensive players but again footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide we did that mock draft live recently that you guys can check out the archive of it you'll really enjoy that as well that was a fun thing to do um, but nothing is as fun, Emery, as talking O-line. Um, love talking O-line. Let me ask you this, because this is probably a question that people have. You played running back at Louisiana, Division One running back. You could say this for any position. 
But in particular, O-line, like how did you learn how to scout O-linemen, Emery? Like how did you learn, you know, what to look for, what you're trying to look for when you're watching these guys? Hey, that's a great question, question Ross. It um, came after I finished playing. To be honest, because you'd be so you'll so you're so focused on your position, so you know what to look for from a running back perspective. You know what to look for a receiver, um, but in terms of offensive line, you take a step back and really watch the position. But when you're playing, you know what you like. You know you kind of like guys that are fast, are quick. You like guys that can move. You like guys that are competitive. Um, that have short memory. So a lot of the things that you kind of like in a defensive back, you like in an offensive lineman, which is funny to say because people don't realize those are the two units that require the most communication. And so when you watch how these guys in the secondary communicate, you're watching these guys up front along the offensive line communicate. And so you sit back and you watch like, wow, that that's what it takes. And when you're watching it from a 10,000 foot level, you start to notice things. And, and so it's funny when you're grading, and this is why I like to grade one position all the way through, you really start to see the difference between the elite and the average um, in terms of the level of consistency in which they are doing the things necessary to be uh, a very good offensive lineman. So it took a while for me to get there. Um, it took me having to stop playing to then also coach, to then also evaluate and most importantly and i always stress this enough once i started covering the giants um and going to training camps mini camps and otas and seeing what works consistently at the nfl level from that particular group it made everything a lot easier for me to 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 be able to watch a college game from an offensive line perspective and pick out quickly oh this guy's got it that guy's got it i remember calling the game a morgan state game and saying to myself, man, this left tackle is phenomenal. I think he has a pro future. And later on that season, find out he gets an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl, then ends up getting drafted in the sixth round uh, by the Cardinals that year. It was Joshua Miles of Morgan State. But being able to see it from his first game of the year, like, oh, this dude, he he has what you need to play at the pro level. Not knowing he was a pro prospect um, shows you that my background kind of put me on the right path to be able to, to pick out offensive line i remember i had a high grade on gabe jackson i think he had like one of the rare 90s that i gave out and people thought i was nuts and for what a three-year run he was the number one guard in the nfl so having that background of going to all those things i mentioned kind of put me on the right path to be able to, to really hone in and lock in on offensive line emory did you coach i didn't know that i coached right out of college i coached high school ball Right out of college, um, you know, how we all do try to figure out what we want to do now that we got this degree. Um, it's, but until you figure that out, you better do something to make some money. So I went back to my old high school, coached. I coached, obviously, running backs. I coached special teams. Uh, we had, you know, the number one pump return unit in the in the district. We had, uh, you know, we led the, the, the district in block kicks. So I'm proud of that. Um, and so my running backs ended up playing one play that – University of Louisiana. So I was able to say, you know, I did some good things. Um, and then I jumped into corporate America after a season. Do you, uh, so you only did one season. Do you miss it? Was it awesome? It was great. And it, the reason why I, it, I missed it so much 
that when Katrina happened, um, when I moved up here to Jersey, I went ahead and applied for a couple of coaching head coaching positions. One, it came down to me and this other uh, guy, but the guy knew the principal, and you know, I can't, I can't, you know, compete with someone hiring their friend. I get it, you know, but I was ready to jump back in, which led me to starting football game plan because the football bug was just eating at me. I had been away for for two years uh, for a, a year. You know, I was cause, matter of fact, while I was working in corporate America, I had job opportunities to be a, a, a college coach, you know, a GA at three different universities. One was an NIA program in Nebraska. One was an FCS program. And another one was an FCS program. So it was two separate FCS programs, uh, one in Tennessee and one in Mississippi. So um, I was ready to jump back in, but that's why I, I ended up starting football game plan to feed that football fix. That's awesome, man. I love that story. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's get into your offensive linemen. And everybody always starts at tackle. Let's start at center. You know, let's start in the middle. Who's your number one ranked center? Alex Forsythe out of Oregon. I love watching Oregon's offensive line. Um, and this is going back to years of grading. When you're watching Oregon, you're like, man, these these dudes are good. They're consistent up front from tackle all the way to the other side of the tackle position. But, you know, Forsythe is someone that's just a, a extremely smart football player. He never gets fooled by stunts or twists. He's always ahead of the game and, and anticipating well um, in good football position constantly. His hands are where they need to be. Uh, he was just one of the more consistent centers I saw at the position. And again, this is coming off of a senior bowl where, you know, we saw a guy we'll talk about later, but, and it was coming out. I was like, man, this, he got to be the best center I've ever seen, you know, in, in tongue in cheek, but got to be the best center in this draft class based on what I just watched in these couple of weeks, a couple of days of practice at the senior bowl. Then you go back and study the film of watching everybody. And you're like, wow, foresight is really doggone good. Was foresight at the senior bowl? No, he wasn't. Oh, wow. Was okay. So that, that also tells you why you can't get, that's why we talked about this before. My whole process starts at these all-star games. So with that being a backdrop, it allows you to not get, fooled by what you see at the all-star games because you got to go back and watch the tape because the all-star games are my initial viewing so if i see someone doing great things there then i go back and watch the film it's like oh you was just a practice all-star because it's not translating to the game then i know what i just saw was false right but if i watch tape then i go down there and get wild by someone in three days of practice and drills that are heavily slanted toward one side or the other that's how you can find some people moving guys up or moving guys down when you're not supposed to do that. Got it. Okay. And then how about your number one guard? Now my number one guard was a guy that was the starting left tackle at Clemson in Jordan McFadden. I just couldn't get past the fact that he was out there at six, two holding it down as a left tackle. So obviously yeah, granted size is not a skill, but you got to wonder, yeah, he's going to, kick inside to guard and so when you you know project his ability in pass pro inside let's just say as a left guard man he's going to be phenomenal he's quick he's athletic he does a great job you know obviously on the move 
Um, so now it it enhances your run game as well. Um, he was someone that was so consistent in watching him. I just couldn't get over the fact that this dude was dominating left tackle at 6'2". Now, granted, he could make a case I want to stay at left tackle. That's fine. But I project him as a guard, and I think he's going to be a fine one. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Of, well, first of all, I like to give guys, if they show they can do it at the college level, I like to give them the opportunity to show they can do it um, in in the NFL as well at that position. And then, so I, you know, I'd give them a chance. I played with a left tackle that was 6'3 and was good. Jonas Jennings from Georgia mm. was 6'3. Now, he was built like a bear, man. He was like 6'3", <laughs> 325, and just thick and powerful, but he had sweet feet. He had sweet feet, and he was able to get it done. I was next to him for a whole season. He ended up getting a huge contract from the 49ers. So um, I would give him a chance. My guess is he ends up going inside because it's just easier for him. By the way, Emery, you'll appreciate this. Uh, A few weeks ago, I went to the Bruce Springsteen concert at uh, at Penn State. And beforehand, I went – through uh, I went and toured Penn State's facility, football facility, because they've added some new things since the last time I saw it, which was only a year ago, by the way. These, <laughs> these buildings, like, they add, like, new rooms and new, like, you know, they have this place where you can sleep um, during the day. Like, it's like a dark uh, relaxation room. They have, like, this post, um, post-workout, post-practice uh, cafeteria and like study area. It's it's unbelievable what they have. Anyway, they did the uh, they did my height and weight, and they did my arm length and my hand size because I wanted to do it because I, I I had done it before and I knew it was pretty small, but I didn't remember how small. Emery, my arm length is thirty point seven five. Thirty. Wow. They had to do it. A couple times because my arms. So to put this in perspective, I haven't seen this year's guys, but last year there was only one or two O linemen at the combine that were less than thirty-two inches, and I think it was like Linderbaum from the Ravens was either thirty-one point two five or thirty-one point seven five, and he's like six-two. I'm six-four and a half. And my arms are not even 31 inches. So a couple of things need to be noted about that. Number one, it is a miracle that I played seven <laughs> years in the NFL as an offensive lineman. 30.75. You know how long some of those D linemen's arms are? <laughs> Any idea? 30 point. I mean, and honestly, back in the day, Emory, I don't think they, they, they measured us as much. It just wasn't like. You know, 2001, they weren't as into arm length being such an important thing. Thank goodness for me, I wouldn't even have gotten a shot. So I'm establishing right here on this podcast, number one, if I just had normal-sized arms, I would have played double-digit years, been a starter, been so rich I wouldn't even be doing this show anymore. But anyway, (laughs) I'm not. Number two, I would have averaged like 25 a game in high school instead of 16. I averaged 16 points a game in high school. You give me two more inches, like normal, that's easily 25 a game. And then 
Number three, what was the last thing? Oh, I would have been dunking. I would have been able to dunk. So I don't know who to blame, okay, for my little – like, look at, look at my arms right there. I mean, look at that when I go like that. I mean, so anyway, all that is to tell you I must have been really tough and really mean or really smart to play for seven years with 30.75-inch arms. Anyway. I don't even, oh, we were talking about the guards, that the guard from Clemson or the tackle from Clemson playing guard. Sorry, man. I had to get that off my chest. Well, um, you, let, you'll hate this, Ross, as we transition to tackles because um, it's about length and arm length. You know, it's, I, I measured at the combine my, my, my width. My wingspan is 76 inches, and I'm 5'9". Like, that's crazy, Ross. 6'4". So, Huh? Your your wingspan? No, no. Your wingspan six two, six two for a five nine guy, which made sense because one of my best attributes was being able to catch the football. Like I could win above the rim, but that's why because I had longer arms. When you combine that with timing, um, but the longer arms are the reason why I like Brayton Daniels out of Utah as my number one tackle because he is so long, but he's so quick and athletic. Because you could have length. And not play with length. And you could be slow to get your hands up, and it's all for not. We used to call that big for nothing, right? But he's not big for nothing because he's able to get his hands up quickly onto the defender. So he's able to quickly strike, play that hands first game, and you win the hands first. You time nine times a ten, you win the rep. And so he's able to keep these shorter, quicker, speedier rushers at bay. He's able to play the, the length game, get underneath these guys' pads, these bigger guys, and rake them up out the hole. Uh, in a run game. So he is so good. Technically, some people may see him as a guard because he's 6'4", whatever. I, I like him at tackle. I watched him at tackle. I watched him dominate that tackle, leave his butt at tackle, and prosper. You know, that's the one thing I love about him is the fact that he has a length, he plays well with the length, and does a great job in winning the hands first battle. And he's so explosive off the ball. He moves like a tight end at tackle. You know, Emery, I don't know if I ever told you the story. I sprained my MCL as a rookie, okay? So I missed the first preseason game. Second preseason game, and the first preseason game, our backup left tackle had a mental error, and the quarterback got hurt. So I'm coming back from a sprained right MCL. They moved me from right tackle to left tackle. Chris Samuels gets hurt like the fifth play of the game against the Falcons. And I'm just standing on the sideline thinking, they're not going to put me in. There's no chance. Schottenheimer looks at me and goes, get in there. So my first NFL action was left tackle against Brady Smith, Patrick Kearney, Travis <laughs> Hall, Shane Drenette, left tackle with 30.75-inch arms. I'm in the huddle with Jeff George, Stephen Davis, Michael Westbrook, Stephen Alexander, all the guys I had been playing on Madden the four years prior in college. They're all in the huddle with me. And I'm playing left tackle, left tackle with my short, stubby arms. I mean, somebody, we need sort of Hall of Fame, a short arm Hall of Fame. I will be the charter member because it's unbelievable what I did. Anyway, I like that about Braden Daniels. Um, let's get to your next guys. Um, I was a little surprised you had McFadden 
over your boy Osiris Torrance at guard. I know you love him. Are you still mad at him because he transferred to Florida from Louisiana? Sort of, but I got over <laughs> it. You know, because think about it. Now we would have had a first round pick. Um, and that would just help springboard us into really being a true power six football team. Forget the rest of the conference. We are power six. But Osiris Torrance, um, that's how strong McFadden tape was because I watched Osiris Osiris Torrance tape first. And for the longest, he was the number one guard until I got to McFadden. I was like, damn, McFadden is just that good. Uh, but Torrance, to me, is a plug-and-play guy. You don't see guys that large be able to move just like that. He's 6'5", 337, supremely athletic, powerful, uh, gets movement consistently, and does a fantastic job on both ends of offense. So not only can he block, but he can you know, obviously dominate the run game, but he can get out on the move. Again, when you have those athletic offensive linemen, you expand your run game. You're able to do so much more from a run game perspective, you know, that you can't if when guys can't move. So he is arguably the most complete guard in the draft, despite being my number two guard with a high grade, um, like a high first round grade. This is someone that you draft right away and he's your starting guard. And it's probably going to make in all, he's definitely gonna make all rookie team, but he could flirt with, you know, second team, all pro right out of the gate. That's how good he is. I have no, how does, how does Louisiana get a six, five, 337 pound guy that can move that well in the first place? How is he not at LSU? Listen, thank you. Because when we have the, the opportunity to recruit these guys, just like we had the opportunity to recruit a corner in Makai Gardner that you know would you would think at 6'2, 212 corner clearly would be an LSU guy, right? Nope, Louisiana. You think that, right? But that's how Louisiana recruits. We were, you know, they bought it to the system, but it goes to tie in what we talked about last show when we were talking about um, how does Iowa get these tight ends or Notre Dame get these tight ends? Well, you think about what went out of Louisiana, Robert Hunt. You also look at some other guys from the offensive line, uh, the kid that just went with the Jets last year, Mitchell. Um, so, you, hey, well, you know, you look at the offensive line coach, rest in peace to him, but you also look at Patrick Tony, um, that, that was able to coach up uh, these guys. And, and I'm sorry, um, Oh, his, his name slips my mind. He just went out to the Cardinals. Um, Rob Sale, the, the offensive line guy, you know, coached at, you know, Louisiana. Then he went with the Giants and went with uh, Florida. Hey, there's a system that gets guys in and gets guys drafted. Uh, and so I'm going to go there. And that's what happened with, with Torrance. I think, Emory, you might be the only guy that doesn't have – John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota is the number one center. You had Forsyth. We already talked about that. What did you see from John Michael Schmitz? Man, listen, he was someone that just dominated. He was the guy I was talking about that dominated the senior bowl. But I'm not saying that he dominated the senior bowl and didn't dominate on tape because he was my number two center. Um, So that's how good of a tape uh, Forsyth had. Um, But Schmitz was so – was stood out in the senior bowl was just how dominant he was in the, the completely unfair O-line, D-line, one-on-one drills. Like, to dominate that, you know, from a bull rushing standpoint, dude did not move off the spot. Um, his hand stayed inside. He was able to play the piano, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in terms of when they did, uh, you know, combo blocks. So he was, you know, when they had the, the center and the guard or a guard and tackle. So he's passing guys off rather well. 
um, and just did a phenomenal job. And then you go watch the tape in, in Minnesota, and we know how Minnesota's offensive line is built. We could add those to, to the program of you know how they get guys in and develop guys and get guys drafted. So he was consistent on tape. Um, I just like to see him get a little bit stronger, you know, and I think that's going to happen as he, you know, can now solely focus on football. But his tape was just as good as anybody's in the class. He just so happened to, again, you watched him first and he was the number one guy for a while. Then you get to other tape and you're like, damn, I, I can't knock this process, you know, and stay stubborn and keep this guy number one. I got to put, you know, the guy that had the better tape, number one, and does a little bit more athletically. Uh, than he did. So uh, that's why I have him number two and Foresight was number one. Don't be one of those people, by the way, that procrastinates when it comes to Mother's Day. Just go to myfrontpagestory.com. One of their writers will write the most unbelievable story all about your mom or your wife, whoever you get the gift for. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It's beautiful. She will cry. Trust me myfrontpagestory.com. You know you don't know what you're going to get her. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. And by the way, if you use the code RTFP10, you get 10% off. So RTFP10, why not? Um, Let's talk about those Ohio State offensive tackles, Emory. There's a couple of them. Uh, Boy, they are gifted, man. I mean, they are really – the one guy is like the biggest dude in the planet. The other guy's big, long, athletic. Talk to me about Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones. And, and you're talking about my number three and number four tackles with the same grade uh, and 80 grade. So I think highly of those guys, Dewan Jones, I have higher. You know, he's number three and, and then I have Paris Johnson number four, but they have the same grade. But I like uh, Dewan Jones because he's so large, man. It's like, you know, he's one, he's built like one of those guys who he's grew up watching NFL films and Somehow this guy ended up playing for the Baltimore Colts. Uh, he was just this big random dude they found walking the streets of Baltimore, working at a factory, and he threw him on the offensive line and became an all-pro, right? So DeWan Jones just looks like that on the outside. And I know everybody will bring up the senior bowl, but you go back and watch his tape against Georgia. Uh, he did a fantastic job, man, to be that big, to be that quick and consistent with his strike and, and moving guys up out the paint. Love that. With Paris Johnson, you love the athleticism and the quickness and the sense of urgency that he has and doesn't waste time um, getting into his kick slide, doesn't fool around with blockers. He tends to win the hands-first battle. I'm big on that. So as you get the draft guy and you watch the scout report for the offensive linemen across the positions, you'll see wins hands-first battle a lot because, to me, that's the key. If I get my hands on you first, I'm in control. And so someone like Paris Johnson is always playing from a position of control uh, which is why he's, he graded out so well. Well, if that's your third and fourth tackles, Emory, who's your number two tackle? It is Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Um, good all-around game, has excellent ball get-off. Um, he is so, like, aggressive with what he does in the run game. Like, when, when he has to block down and, and takes that power step to block down, guys go from, you know, right defensive end to, you know, field corner that's how far he pushes guys up out the way like he gets them to switch positions so i love that in the run game he can get out on the move in the pass game so you can get creative in in your boots and waggles but also can let him go down and block in a run game as well he's athletic in that in that regard and was consistent you know so um and a lot of things that you'll see too in the is talk about functional strength some guys just have that natural 
you call it country strong or you just call it just like, you know, bully strength. He has it. You know, I don't know what his weight room numbers is. I don't care because at the end of the day, he plays as strong and as physical as you would like. And when you combine that with the athleticism, again, he's another one that had an 80 grade. So you're looking at two, three and four all with the same grade and maybe one or two attributes attributes separate them from being ranked two, three and four. Please check this man out on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. People love watching the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. But most importantly, if you haven't yet, I don't know what you're waiting on. It's footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. It is phenomenal. There's nothing else like it out there. If you want to know a scouting report on any player that anybody would ever bring up, ever talk about, your team would ever sign, and they play at some of the smaller schools that maybe you're aware of or you follow, not just the Power Five, Emory is all over it, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.